Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. My special guest today is Teresa Larson. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Teresa was born and raised in a log cabin on the outskirts of Seattle, fostering a love of the outdoors and an active lifestyle. After losing her mother to cancer at the age of 10, Teresa developed a resilient perseverance and determination that led to a collegiate scholarship and semi-professional softball career, top awards as a fitness competition contestant, and an appointment to lieutenant in the Marines, where she led an entire platoon while deployed in Iraq. Her service was cut short when she was voluntarily evacuated due to an ongoing struggle with bulimia. Teresa's journey to wellness required the bravery to ask for help, to take care of herself first, and abandon the idea of perfect. She's now a doctor of physical therapy and the founder of Movement RX, a physical therapy and wellness company that offers support to wounded warriors and individuals with health and movement issues. Teresa hopes that through sharing her story, she will help inspire others to empower themselves, embrace their inner warrior, and redefine and acknowledge their strength. Teresa, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. I'm excited to be here, Dr. Carey. Gosh, your story, there's so much in your story. And first, I just want to say thank you for serving. Thank you. I appreciate it. Can you tell us how did your book, Warrior, come about? Yes. So Warrior came about, um, I was giving a talk at the National Eating Disorder Association in Washington, D.C., um, about three and a half years ago now, and I was giving a talk. It was like an eight-minute brief talk on my experience in the military and then struggling with an eating disorder because um, it's not really talked about too much. And I was on a panel of other people who had experienced eating disorders in different areas um, of the public. So I, in the audience, was a ghostwriter, and he, his, you know, he had some experience with, obviously his wife worked with the National Eating Disorder Association, and he had some experience with um, anorexia in his family. So he came up to me after the talk and asked me that if I'd ever written my story down, and he was like, you really should make this into a book because I think it's going to help a lot of people. There's, you know, a lot of books out there about how to work with someone who has an eating disorder, um, how to love your body, things like that, but an actual story about someone who 
like the thoughts that go into someone's mind who has one and, you know, just a true testimonial of what it's like to have one. It's, there's not a lot of books out there like that. So he, I talked with him for a few months. He lived out in LA and just interviewed him for a few months. And then we finally agreed to do it. And that's when Warrior came about. So um, it was a very cool experience. Like it was actually a pretty smooth process writing the book because we wrote the book together. Um, publishing companies really dug it and um, just published it in April. So it was a really awesome journey, though, writing the book. I would say by awesome, I mean it was therapeutic. <laughs> It wasn't easy to do by any means. Um, it took, I mean, I'm running a couple businesses, so it took extra time, um, early mornings and some late nights, uh, and a lot of like kind of having to tap into some hard emotions and hard feelings that I had um, when I was going through my eating disorder and loss of a parent. So I kind of took people back into what it was like in the mind of a 10-year-old losing a parent, what it was like in the mind of someone who struggles just initially with disordered eating, like how I looked at my body, how I looked at the way I ate, and then eventually an eating disorder. So the process was very therapeutic because when I actually did publish it, you know, I was told, oh, this process is going to be very stressful. And I would say the writing part, just because of my life and the work I do, yes, it was stressful. Um, but once it was published, it was like a nice energy release. Like I just, it's like I let a lot of things go with the book, which was really nice. Um, so it was a book I'd wanted to write. Like it was in my head to write for years. And I finally had the opportunity to do it. So, so what kind of response have you been getting about Warrior? So the response so far has been, um, thank you for being so candid and transparent with the way you wrote about your story, because I feel like I relate so much, men and women alike, um, the pressure, like the internal pressure I had on myself, the strive to be perfect. Um, most people can relate to that. And people felt the responses, we, they feel very inspired and motivated because they don't feel alone and they feel like they can live a better life based on the story. Like they can make better decisions and they're not afraid to ask for help. They're not afraid to, you know, put themselves out there, um, be more vulnerable, which is what I wanted. The response is exactly what I wanted. Um, is just to give people like a, you know, Hey, this is what happened to me. You're not alone. This, this crap happens. <laughs> People do these things to themselves. You may too, but you're not alone. And there is a way out of your personal prison, which is really cool. Yeah, I find just letting people know that they're not alone, that in yes. and of itself can be quite empowering. Yes. And so that is, I think by me um, kind of taking the lead on being transparent and being unfiltered about my story. I was a leader, but I had an eating disorder. I threw up four or five times a day. That's the truth. Um, people do crazy things, and I'm not going to hide that. 
Like that was part of my life, but that's not part of my life now, thankfully. And I'm able to help a lot of people now and I'm in a much better place. It's still a daily process, but you know, by me being as open as I was, it allows people to kind of unlock those dark places and say, all right, you know what? I have, I have very similar feelings. I want to take care of this now before it becomes a problem. So, Teresa, with all that you've been through in your life and all that you've learned, what are some of the things you can share with our listeners to help them start empowering themselves? So the first thing I would say is, you know, looking, being completely open with yourself and saying, is there areas of your life that you do need help um, that you're struggling with? And if there are, if there's, if you're someone who's been always demanding yourself to be perfect, like you can um, do no, like if you do anything wrong or it's against the norm or less than perfect, how, how do you treat yourself? Um, There is a way out of that. And one, I'm a firm believer in therapy or one of the things I do is meditate and do breath work. So I think just being on, like, the first thing is being open and honest with yourself. Is there an area of your life where you are not feeling healthy? And, I mean, I know one in five Americans struggle with anxiety and depression. Um, so um, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but I'm assuming very similar. There, There is a way out. It's just you have to want to get help. So I think that taking that personal inventory and saying, where in my life can I be, do I need help? Where in my life do I need to be, need to heal? And a lot of times it is in the mind um, to be easier on ourselves, to be more gentle with ourselves, to be kinder to those around us, to learn to love ourselves. And it depends on how in, you know deep those feelings go and emotions, but there is a way out of those. You just have to want to get help. Instead of waiting, right? Most people value their health when they're sick. They start to value themselves when they, they start to like take, you know, pay attention to their health when they get sick because now they have to do something about it. But maybe taking a look at yourself now and saying, are you a chronic dieter? Do you need to be perfect? Are you nice to people around you? Do you love yourself? Simple things like that. Like, and if not, think about, there are ways out. There are ways to help you get past those emotions, get past those dark feelings, learn to love yourself. Um, and the way I did it may not work for you, but there is a way. You just have to want it. So that's the first one. Um, and then I just challenge people in general. Um, I'm a doctor of physical therapy and strength coach, so I see a lot of people who are very driven and move and push themselves and you know, it's awesome world to be in, but there also is this lack of rest digest. So I very much challenge people to kind of take a chill pill. I think everyone should take, you know, 30 minutes to an hour to themselves every day. Um, you can start with five minutes a day where you just do breath work, where you just sit still and quiet. I think that's a great way to balance the heart and mind. Um, and actually I don't think, I know it's a great way 
to balance the heart and mind. So being still and quiet is uncomfortable for people because you kind of have to be alone with your thoughts. But I challenge people to start getting a little more comfortable with it and just or embracing the discomfort and doing it. Because what other times, I mean, when are you going to be still and quiet? Usually when we sit, we read, we watch TV, right? We're talking to someone. What about just being quiet and in a place by yourself? Um, it's very calming on the mind. Um, so, yes, those are two things I would start, I would recommend to people. Okay, so when you talk about breath work and being yeah. still and quiet and just starting with five minutes, can you expand on that a little bit so that listeners yeah. can have a better idea of like what they should be doing? So there's lots of different kinds of breath work, but the one that I particularly enjoy and get the most out of is just sitting there and doing diaphragmatic breathing. So I sit there, I sit up straight and make sure my spine is straight. So I think of like a plumb line pulling my head towards the ceiling, right? I'm in a good posture. Uh, And when I breathe in, I close my mouth and I breathe in through my nose. And I think about filling my belly up first so my diaphragm can dome, fill my belly up, then my chest, and then I breathe out. So the kind of there's a count that I do. It's a four second inhale, four second hold of the breath, and then four second exhale. So that would be um, one round. That four seconds in, four second hold, four second exhale, and I just sit there for the five minutes or plus five minutes. And breathe like that. Um, that's So the diaphragmatic breathing is the standard. Just always breathing in through my belly, then my chest, and then breathing out. The four-second inhale, four-second hold, four-second exhale is not necessary for everyone. It's just um, that's kind of a form of box breathing, we call it. Another one is just closing my mouth, breathing in through my nose, filling up my belly, the diaphragmatic breathing, then chest, and not holding it, but just breathing normally and being kind of aware and um, almost like a just your focus is on the rise and fall of your belly, basically. So there's no counting involved. There's no inhale time, exhale time. It's just you almost are surprised that you have to inhale because you need air. So it's like your focus is so much on your belly, chest area. So that middle area, you and you just observe yourself breathing. Very calming. So the intention of your mind goes to some, to instead of counting, inhale to exhale, you just focus on the rise and fall of the diaphragm. So it's very much a mindfulness-based uh, approach to the breath work. Sometimes I'll add a meditation into it. I like silent meditation, so this breath work would be considered silent meditation. I'm focusing on one thing and my mind, anytime something comes into my mind, I quickly exhale it out and stay focused on the one thing I'm focused on, which is the rise and fall of my diaphragm or the counting. Um, so that's that's what I would say is good for beginners too, is just get get used to sitting up straight and breathing in through the belly then the chest. And then, Teresa, what advice do you have for the be still and be quiet aspect? Because I know when I first started meditating, like, it was really hard to just shut my brain off. Yeah. You know, and that, that part is frustrating. 
It is frustrating, um, just like anything else, doing something. I mean, if it was easy, everyone would probably be doing it, right? Like, it's it's not easy. We live in a, a world that's busy, and we have monkey minds. So um, I think people need to know that it's not a pill, it's a process, and that over time, the compound interest of benefits from doing this work and really engaging with it are awesome. Like the calmness of the mind, the calmness of your physiology too, the tension in your body is going to be less over time. The stillness and quiet part is hard. So, you know, for people who are new, they can do guided meditation. That's probably the easiest thing. You've got five and 10 minute versions, which you could get on Headspace uh, or Insight Timer is another option um, where you can get kind of already programmed meditations and you can listen to them for the five minutes. So at least you can be still and listen and be guided for, let's just say the first month to two months. Then you can as you start to get into it and start to kind of fall into this more relaxed state and being very attentive to the meditation, um, then you can start with some silent meditations, which start it small, start five minutes <clears throat> where you just sit there and really you, your intention is to focus your mind on the one thing you're focused on, which the rise and fall of the diaphragm, or it could be something else. It could be releasing tension in your traps with every breath. Um, I would recommend making it something physical that you focus on versus a word. Um, just because, you know, we want to, we can, we can heal our mind through our body. So, um, so I'd recommend doing, focusing on something physical that your body's doing. So just relaxing your traps, the rise and fall of the diaphragm, for example. Um, and just go for it. Like anything else, like it's going to take time, but again, it's not going to be easy, but it's definitely worthwhile. Um, I have a good friend who I was helping, you know, get into meditation, um, surfer from San Diego, like just sitting there for 10 seconds was hard for him. (laughs) And, um, but because he knew the why behind doing it. Right? Do we want calm in our life? Do we want less tension in our body? Do we want to be more clear with decisions we make? Do we want to take medicine or do we want to have a process that can help us in every aspect of our life? Like you have to know your why in order to do that, do it. So. So Teresa, what are some of the big life lessons that you learned when you wrote your book? So the big life lessons I learned is that, um, well, to be completely honest with this one, I, you know, life doesn't stop writing a book. Like writing two businesses was very hard and writing this book at the same time. Writing a book is not easy. Um, but because I knew my why behind I'm wanting to write this book and helping people, it made it happen. And so I think that's a huge one. If you want to make something happen, Right? And still finding time to take care of myself and to enjoy time with my husband, enjoy time with my friends. Um, like, life is a marathon, not a race. So it did feel like a race towards the end in terms of getting things done and edited and whatnot for the publisher. But um, the one major thing I learned was that 
you really can do everything you want. You just can't do it all at once. So it's um, you can slow slow things down, speed things up how you want. Even as busy as I was, I was able to like slowly filter in slow times in my day through breath work or a small little mini vacation, going to the beach, um, or stepping outside my office. Like I made, I made every effort to make this book work with my busy life. Um, and I didn't want it to be one of those experiences where three years down the road, I have a book, but I'm unhealthy and I'm overweight and I'm not feeling good. Right. It's just, I wasn't going to let that happen. I was going to take care of myself doing this whole process. Um, so that's a big one is that you can be healthy. You can do it all just not all at once that I learned. Um, and the other one is how therapeutic writing a book is just writing in general. Like even if you don't write a book, but you journal and you keep notes on feelings and emotions and kind of write down scenarios of your day, it helps you kind of get out of your head and onto paper. And it was more therapeutic than I could have ever imagined. So I'd highly recommend it to people. Even if you don't write a book, just journal. Teresa, I wanted to ask you about your company, Movement Rx. What made you want to start your company? So that's a good question. I started Movement Rx um, right after I was married in 2013. And I was working in, so I was working in a regular physical therapy clinic for six months and just realized kind of how broken the Western medicine model is. Um, I was seeing anywhere from 14 to 20 patients a day, three people an hour. Like it just wasn't, it did not fit me at all. Um, I didn't work this hard to get to where I was to do this kind of work. Like especially treat people for 15 minutes and see them three times a week, but really not feel like I was getting them better because I couldn't give them the attention, the true one-on-one attention that they deserved, I felt. So I left the clinic um, with the mindset of working for a more independent organization where I had more leeway, but those the options I had didn't work out. So my husband and I decided to create our own company. Um, and, you know, it was people in the CrossFit industry that I work out in, that I work in, um, were always asking me for advice and whatnot. So I thought, well, this is a start for me. This is at least, I can start in the CrossFit gym and start treating patients. And um, sure enough, I do CrossFit. I love it. So I love the fact that I could like help people move better and help people like understand the movements of CrossFit better so they would stay healthy because it is a very healthy workout. It's not for everyone, but it is if you do it right and you know your body, it can be awesome. And um, so that's what blossomed my company. And I started to get so busy that I needed to add people to my other PTs. So finding other PTs is kind of challenging. Um, They actually found us, the ones that were more rogue, you know, like to lift weights, like to do sports and didn't feel like the Western model was also fitting for them. So it, we found two, actually three awesome PTs. One had to leave due to um, family stuff, but 
we've been doing pretty well. And it's been awesome because we all have our own schedules. We're very we have very flexible schedules. Um, we treat people for one hour, and it's very movement based. So yes, we do some manual work, manual such as soft tissue and joint work, um, and but a lot of neuroreeducation, a lot of breath work, a lot of kind of down regulation stuff that kind of allows people to find that rest digest space um, and then teach them the fitness side of it too just like all right well you're gonna be going to 24-hour fitness you're gonna be doing CrossFit and here are the movements you're gonna struggle with the most or you are struggling with and we're gonna show you how to do them correctly so it's been quite awesome Teresa what are some of the fun projects that you're working on now so a fun project I'm working on now is called the Low Back Fix. It's a um, basically a digital platform where people who are having experiencing low back pain, they've been experiencing low back pain for years. I mean, I think the study came out, there's 80% of adults at some point in their life have low back pain. And we, so that's stat, I mean, the low back is a very vulnerable place, low back, pelvis, hip. In that whole entire region, center of our body, is a vulnerable place, holds a lot of emotional tension. But also, if you don't move well, whether you're playing sports or you're at home or you sit a lot, that area tends to get aggravated and affected. Um, so what I did, because I only have an hour of people and oftentimes I spend a lot of time on neuroeducation, but, and I don't program fitness for people, right? Like I give them, I consult with them and say, well, these are, these are movements I would highly recommend you doing, doing well. Um, but I don't program fitness for them. I program the rehab side. So what I did was I partnered with a very awesome movement and conditioning coach and we devised this eight week progressive program to help someone basically overcome the fear that happens with low back pain of because people have a fear of ha- it happening again, right? It takes you out of the enjoyment of your life. Um, and even if it's minor, it's still annoying. Um, so the basically the low back fix program is a fitness-based program with some rehab in the beginning where you it builds your back, builds your back back up to being healthy. So it takes in the rehab component as well as the fitness component and teaching people kind of that slow strength speed, how to do movements unloaded, then loaded, um, that are going to help you in different parts of your life. Because we know the five movements of life, you hinge, right? You push, you pull, you squat, and you carry things. Well, those five major human movements, we focus on doing those unloaded, loaded. We make it fun, um, and we progress you over the course of eight weeks to help you get your healthy back. That does sound like a fun project to work on. Yeah, it is fun because it's actually all digital too. So people sign up. So it's not a one size fits all either because we know that not everyone needs to stretch more. Not everyone needs to build mobility in their joints. There are some people that need just stability. So the cool thing about the program is that it tests you in the beginning. What is it? What do you need? Right? Like if you're someone who's much more mobile can palm the ground with your hands or put your elbows on the ground with your legs straight, um, well, then you might not need mobility. You might need more stability. So you'll go down one path 
of the rehab side of the program versus someone else who can't touch their toes, who's super stiff, they're going to go down a different track. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. Um, and the cool thing is once you do become part of the program, you there's a Facebook you know group, that a private Facebook group where we keep engaged and we do Facebook Lives and there's opportunities to talk to the doctor um, and the coach and things like that. So it's very inter- interactive, even though it's online. Teresa, we're starting to run low on time. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about embracing their inner warrior? So the one thing that I would like to share with the listeners um, about embracing your inner warrior is that believing that growth is possible is very important. That belief that you can change your mind, you can, like you can change your body is possible. Like, because we all hold shame in our life, um, shame, maybe fear as well, but know what the, on the other side of those things, whether you admit that you have a disordered eating pattern or you, you definitely are too hard on the people around you because you don't have enough self-confidence to believe in yourself, right? You have to know that there is a way out of that and that the way out is there's a growth that's going to happen that you as long as you're open to it and you want to get help and you want to help yourself is probably beyond what you'd ever imagined. Like I would never imagine I'd be in this place 10 years ago, but it's because I was just open and vulnerable to admitting that I'm not doing this alone. And I, I have work to do on myself and it's not going to just happen by itself. Like I got to want it and I got to work at it. But the thing that stemmed from that was the fact that I developed courage and bravery as well like more courage and bravery than I'd had. And I'm most proud of that internal strength that I've developed from that decision of just, hey, yeah, I got work to do on myself and I'm going to start it because it's not going to happen on its own than the physical strength I have. Oh, Teresa, that's great advice. How can our listeners learn more about you? So they can learn more about me. They can go to movement-rx.com. If they want to learn about the work I do with, um, you know, in San Diego, the lowbackfix.com is where they can get, you know, look at the low back program, free ebook, all that good stuff. Um, if they want to check out Warrior, drteresalarson.com is a great place where you can order it on Amazon as well. Fantastic. Teresa, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been a great interview. Thank you, Dr. Carey. This is my pleasure, and thank you for the work you do, too. I appreciate the education you put out there. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Teresa Larson. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carey Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.